Hello, beautiful. I'm your host, podcaster, mindset coach, and travel junkie, Samantha Roberto, and I want to thank you for joining this conversation. We are a space of women empowering women, and each week we feature an empowered woman's vulnerable story because we believe it's important to have these conversations so that we can learn and grow from one another. So don't forget to subscribe to get your weekly dose of inspiration. So my original plan for this week's episode was a solo cast until last night at about 11.30 p.m. I had the inspiration of bringing my sister on for an impromptu episode because as we all sit here in lockdown where a lot of our freedom feels like it's pulled away, I thought why not call one of the freest spirits I know. Amanda is constantly described as a free soul, a free spirit, and she is always marching to the beat of her own drum. So today she's going to share a little piece of her own personal journey, and I really hope you enjoy it. So you have walked a very untraditional path compared to pretty much every single person I know, even the people I know that have walked untraditional paths, it's like your path is even more kind of wild and out there. Can you share a little bit about your story and what has inspired you to live this way? Yeah, so I was working at a bar when I was 21 years old in Vancouver, and I heard about Vipassana, a 10-day silent meditation retreat, and I thought, Okay, this is awesome. I, I want to challenge myself. I want I want to experience this inner peace that all the books that I've read said you can attain through meditation. So I went to Merit, did the 10-day Vipassana, and that 10 days inspired me on a journey of a lifetime to go to India and Thailand to study yoga and meditation. So you would say meditation drastically changed your life? Definitely. A hundred percent. You know, I practice meditation almost on a daily basis and teach it to others as well because I know how powerful it is and how if everyone learned the art of meditation, we can experience peace on earth. Going back to your travels, because you mentioned that you had gone to Thailand and to India, you've had some pretty cool experiences there, especially coupled with meditation. Can you share some of the stories that you've experienced from living in flow with following your heart? letting the universe guide your way? Yeah, so I strongly believe in uh, the art of following your intuition. It's listening to that gut feeling inside your stomach. It's listening to that voice that goes on repeat inside your head to do something, even though you might not be sure that it's the best thing for you or you don't know why that voice is telling you to do that. I've learned that if I follow that voice miracles are bound to happen and the people who have been placed on my path who along my travels I've just been so incredibly blessed to interact with so many beautiful beings around the planet so you believe in miracles you are a miracle and I am a miracle and everyone listening to this is a miracle so life is a miracle so tell us some miracles that happened with you while you were traveling and on your journey Give us some stories of the magic. One of the most magical things that happened, I was 24 years old, first time in India, and on the 12th day 
of being in that country, I decided I was going to go see the Dalai Lama. He was speaking in Raipur, Chhattisgarh, and I took a flight and the next day showed up in this town where there's zero tourists, ended up seeing him speak for three days. And on the first day, I had the beautiful opportunity to meet him face to face. And whenever I think about it, I am just moved by his energy of love, compassion, kindness. He shines it from the inside out. Over the three days, he spoke to me many times. He, he called me out upon a large crowd of people and called me up to the front and told me the story of this cave that he had been planning to go to. The miracle is I ended up in a cave on top of a mountain in the middle of essentially nowhere. We drove kilometers into the forest. I got to join him as he meditated. It was an experience that I will never forget. It was so powerful. I just felt like this is where I'm supposed to be. Hmm. As I entered the cave, he called me over and said, Canada, come here, come sit with me. And I sat beside him. He held my hand. Me and one of my friends were the only women. Yeah, it was mostly um, people from the government, the media, and, of course, bodyguards. It was wild. I walked up the mountain barefoot. <laughs> After that experience, I, I always wondered, why was I in that cave? You know, why me? When I was driving to the cave and my girlfriend was sitting beside me, she was in tears. And I said, Kasha, why are you crying? Like, this is exciting. And she said, I don't know why this is happening to me. I don't know. How are we so lucky? I'm never this lucky. I don't know why this is happening to me. And I said, Kasha, you're blessed. That's why this is happening. You're meant to be here. Mm. You're special. And mm. that's why you're here. Mm. So it was just a beautiful moment and witnessing someone being brought to tears because of the real life experience she was having, which essentially she thought would never happen. Mm. And she stuck by my side throughout the whole turn of events that led up to this moment. And I also learned that people who may seem in charge and tell you, no, you can't do something, it's important to listen to yourself because all along your path of life, people will tell you, no, 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 you can't do it, you're not allowed, etc., etc. But my inner voice was stronger and I was told I wasn't allowed to go to the cave. And I just brushed the no off my shoulder and my heart said, yes, you can. Wow. I mean, that's a really powerful lesson. Yeah. I feel like so many people, we hear no our entire lives and it's something even from a young age. We, we hear like, you can't do this. Don't do that. Stop doing this. Mm. And it's like this programming that creates these boundaries that we all live in that essentially stops us from going for the things that we might truly want powerful to be able to step in and come from a heartfelt place, tune in and follow that intuition no matter what people on the outside yeah. are saying. And believing that you can make it happen. The world is going to tell you you can't be who you want or your dreams will never come true. Yeah, good luck. I've I've received so many 
comments that my dreams would never happen. People didn't necessarily believe in me. Yeah, I have a strong support system, but my my dreams and goals, they're out there. Mm-hmm. Like you say I live a wild life. Yeah, I'm a total free spirit mm-hmm. and there's no denying that. <laughs> and if I wasn't, I wouldn't be happy. Yeah. Because I wouldn't be expressing who I am. Would people rather me stay home, live in a shell, and follow the crowd? Would that make me happy? No. That'd be sad. That'd be a sad way to live. I honor people who follow their heart and have the courage not to listen to the naysayers and people who essentially talk you down or cut you down when you're doing something magnificent. Not The world doesn't always understand you. And maybe at times you don't even understand yourself. But when you trust your intuition, follow your heart, listen to what your higher purpose is mm-hmm. and know what it is, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what anyone says. Even if you have doubt in yourself, you keep going. You keep going. Pick your feet up, put your hat on, tilt it up, you know, and trek on because <laughs> there's no reason not to live your life like a boss because essentially we're all the bosses of our own life. Fire, hire whoever you want. So (laughs) you mentioned that the presence, like it's pretty remarkable to think that you had this moment inside a cave in India in the top of a mountain where the Dalai Lama personally invited you to come meditate with him. Like that is something that's pretty magnificent. Can you talk about the energy of the Dalai Lama and what it felt like to be in that moment so close to him? Yes. Well, the first one time I met him, he finished his talk on stage. It was at a university in the theater. The host had asked five people to ask a question. And knowing me, I run to the front and I get in line. The fifth person standing in line. Everyone asked their questions and His Holiness answered. And the person in front of me passes the mic to me. And guess what? It's my turn to ask the Dalai Lama a question. And guess what happens? What? As I'm about to ask. You get cut off. The host says, sorry, we're out of time, cuts me off, and reaches out for me to give the microphone back. Mm. And I thought, okay, this isn't how we're supposed to meet. I turned around. Everyone's looking at me. <laughs> I'm the only foreigner in the building. And then five minutes later, I walk around to the other side of the stage go through all the media, and I get right in front of the staircase on the right-hand side. And I'm holding a gift. A guy standing beside me said, you're not allowed to give him any gifts. Don't give him anything. I just nodded my head. I didn't even say anything. And His Holiness then comes down the right side of the stage, stops, reaches his hand out to shake my hand, and says, hello, and I said, hi, I came all the way from Canada to see you. It's so nice to meet you. And he said, oh, thank you, thank you. And I say, I have a gift for you. It's a love tuner. And I give it to him. And the guy, you should have saw the guy's face right beside me. But Dalai Lama accepts my gift with grace. It was given to me by a friend. And you play it during meditation. And it plays the same vibration as love. 528 hertz. From that moment on... BFF with Dalai Lama. (laughs) (laughs) And I saw him the next day, essentially, at a different town where the adventure began, up the mountain to the cave. 
Wow. The Dalai Lama has been a really big inspiration for you. What is the biggest thing you feel like you've learned from him and interacting with him? The biggest thing that I've learned from him is the power of kindness and the ability to have compassion for everybody. You know, mom always had quotes around our house of Dalai Lama's like sayings. So we were kind of, we were brought up reading his words. They're instilled deep within us. You know, she had them in the washrooms. She's a queen of quotes. There's quotes on the fridge, <laughs> on the counters, everywhere, in the bedrooms. Mom really um, is the queen of quotes. Yeah, she's the queen of quotes. Always loved his holiness. So she was so happy when she found out that I got to meet him. That's amazing. So one thing that I would love to talk about, because I think this is something you deal with often, and a lot of people struggle with it, and it is the judgment from other people on the way that you choose to live your life. Do you want to go there? Yeah, let's do it. How do you deal with the backlash and deal with people who have comments or say things about, because you're so open and such a free spirit with the way that you live and what you do, how do you deal in, with the backlash from people who just might not understand it and might be judgmental? Yeah, so I've definitely even experienced this very recently. Even yesterday, people get triggered by what I have to say. People get triggered by the way I live my life. And I've, I'm well aware that what I do you know, it can get under people's skin because people crave an inner sense of freedom. And I think by being able to be so free within myself, Mm -hmm. people don't always understand how or why I do what I do. I receive their comments with compassion. I know that their jabs, their subtle jabs cannot create a wound that stays within me. I've even had people apologizing for assuming wrong things about me because it's almost like they forgot who I really am. Say Mm. people who knew me 10 years ago, they just see from Facebook or my online presence and thinks, how can she do that? How how can she travel, be teaching yoga or doing whatever she's doing? You know, because I share a lot of what I do online and I feel people just see the surface and yet they close their eyes to looking deeper at the foundation of why I do what I do. I would prefer if people were more open and if they're curious about my life to just ask me personally rather than ask other people or people close to me. One thing I know and I can say about you is that like with it it's like you get a lot of really cool experiences but you're also open to putting yourself in discomfort like you're also not scared of putting yourself in situations that other people just might not want to put themselves in right Mm -hmm. and it's like through the the pain and the discomfort comes like a lot of pleasure as well and a lot of growth and so much growth if you lived in comfort your whole life how are you growing so what is one of the most uncomfortable situations you've ever been in in your travels It could be being somewhere and running out of money. I let go of having a full-time job. I let go of having that security of getting thousands of dollars. I was traveling the world, living my passions, following my heart. I didn't care 
if I had a huge savings account. When I first traveled, I saved up. I paid for my yoga teacher training ahead of time. When it was time to come back to Vancouver, I came back. But after that five-month trip to India and Thailand, I knew I didn't want to work for anybody else. I knew I had a greater purpose. I needed to follow my flow, invest in myself. And I knew I needed to let go of material possessions and wanting to have so much money, etc., etc., because I needed this time to focus on spiritual growth. And I knew by immersing myself in learning from the greatest teachers in the world that discomfort was bound to happen, that I had to let go of that security that everyone feels like they need. And I just jumped into the world literally with nothing, just myself and my faith and my courage. And I can't even explain to you how much I felt like I was held by the world, by the people, taken care of for five years that I had traveled. I was able to also be kind to everyone on my path. And I had the time to help people. I help people declutter their homes. One of my friends in Japan, I cleared out 14 garbage bags of stuff so he could have space in his apartment. I went to hospitals, even in Japan. I went to the hospital and gave a guy arm massages who fell off a ladder and broke something in his body. All these mini acts of kindness I didn't always share online. Mm -hmm. I did it behind the scenes. And this is the side that people don't always see because I haven't posted about it. I didn't share it online. If only people knew the work I was really doing, they'd have a different perspective of, of me. And I think a lot of people would regret how they thought about me if they only knew how deep and big my heart is. I think that's super powerful. And being able to serve without having that recognition is, you know, the world and the universe will catch you and pay you back. For those people listening right now who might just be curious, okay, so if you weren't working, how the heck did you pay to be able to go around the world? What do you say? So it was different everywhere I went. Sometimes I I did massage therapy. I would gift massages and energy healing where I was and people would just sometimes give a donation to me. I would a lot of my air travel was super cheap. People couldn't believe how cheap I'd find flights. I rarely drink so it's not like I was splurging um, spending money on booze, partying, going shopping. No, I rarely went shopping. The only thing I'd spend money on was food. I'm a vegetarian. I don't eat a lot. It's cheaper to travel than live in Vancouver, yeah, where I was paying rent. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my first trip, I didn't even have a phone. Mm-hmm. For five months, I traveled around the country with no phone. That's a pretty remarkable experience yeah. if you think about it. Just to be disconnected on that level is super mm. powerful, especially with the way that we are nowadays with technology, like so addicted to yeah. our phones. And I'm a minimalist. Yeah. So there's different types of travel and people think it's impossible to be able to travel because, you know, all these excuses that ar- arise, especially when it's expensive. Well, it doesn't always have to be, depending on what kind of travel you do. I had lots of opportunities where even people asked me to help, mm-hmm. help them. And because I had the free time and because that's my purpose of 
why I was traveling was to help people around mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. They would give me housing, food, mm-hmm. and some people, yeah, gifts of money. Well, I think a few powerful lessons out of this and the way that you've lived is that when you lead with kindness, like you would go around and you do super kind things by donation for people or not even by donation, just do it for them. And then the universe usually paid you back in some way, in some way. And the minimalist aspect, like letting go of the material things, you know, being mindful of the way that you were living, being aware of not trying not to poison your body with alcohol or things that might not serve it. And I think just like living a conscious life can really, really, really Mm -hmm. serve you in your path and looking back at the opportunity cost of what you would have quote unquote missed on from not having a nine to five and not having a savings and not having all of those things in those years that you would have invested in the return of investment of the life skills that you have learned through meditation through minimalism through a totally different perspective through freedom that's priceless you really Mm. can't put a price on that agreed everything it was priceless what is the biggest lesson you've taken if you've had to take one thing that you'd want to share the biggest lesson to tell people right now what would that be have courage to do what is most scary to do so you go towards the things that scare you the most definitely what scares you now i wouldn't essentially call this fear but there is deep excitement for what's coming next for me. While in lockdown, I wrote a beautiful poetry book, which I'm going to be releasing within the next few weeks. And I'm also diving deep into my tarot business. And that was something that you could say had a layer of fear because it was something different, something that people haven't heard of. And some people tend to be controversial about that as well so for me to put it out there and say hey this is who I am this is what I do if you're interested let me know that was a big step for me to fully step into who I am and be in my power of I know my gifts I know what I have to offer this is me if you want it it's there I love that because you did say like stepping towards the fear is where you have the most growth. And by taking that big plunge towards what your God-given gifts are to help the world, it's a pretty remarkable thing. Tell us, what are your gifts and what do you do? Writing, I have the ability to express deep human emotions on paper in a way where people can relate and understand and also help heal people through words. I know that By people reading my writing, healing is happening. And aside from writing, energy healing is a gift of mine. I can see energy within people's bodies. I could see past events that have happened which may have caused trauma or a sense of worthlessness. You know, bad experiences. And they're brought to the surface so they can be healed and released because... We carry experiences from the past, which we may not even be conscious of, and they're stored in our body. So through massage and energy healing, I'm able to help people in a deep healing process. So essentially your gift is healing. Deep soul healing is my forte. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) That sounds better. Ding, ding, ding. Deep soul healing is your forte. I like it. For somebody who is interested in a deep soul healing, what does that process look like and how do they go about reaching out to you? Every single healing I've done for the past 10 years while traveling, it all looks different, sounds different. Everything that comes up, it's never the same for anybody. 
what I recommend is being open to what might come up. Have the intention of healing. I'm here to heal myself. Cool. So if anybody wants to book a session with you, if anybody feels like they need a healing, where can they do that? So you can reach out to me on Instagram via Amanda Roberto or check out my website, amandaroberto.com and can send me a message through there. So for anybody who is experiencing a challenging time, especially during the coronavirus and the stress of the state of the world, what do you recommend in terms of self-healing or um, helping them get through this challenging time? I think what's most important is that people practice self-love, self-compassion. We need to learn to have patience with ourselves and not be so hard on ourselves during this time. Even if we're staying in and we feel like we're not doing much, we're not being productive, we are. We're staying in. And by staying in, we're saving lives. How can you be more productive than that? So people have really got to lessen the the self-doubt that they're not doing much and give themselves a pat on the back for what they are doing. There you go. I hope you enjoyed the episode with my sister, Amanda Roberto. Feel free to reach out to her on Instagram, send her a DM or amandaroberto.com. And if you're curious about tarot readings or energy healings, definitely reach out because she is amazing and very, very gifted with what she does. If you enjoyed this week's episode, don't forget to share it with your girlfriends. We would also love to hear what you think. So go ahead and leave us a rating and review. And if you haven't already, make sure to go check out samantharoberto.com. Our new website is launched and we have an incredible journaling freebie there just for you. So go check out the website's homepage to claim it. Stay tuned because next week we have another incredible woman coming on to share her authentic and vulnerable story. So until then, keep being you, be beautiful. Be beautiful.